welcome to the podcast of the Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit thevineoc.com. Good morning again. Hope you're doing well. Um, we are in a series right now called All You Need Is Love. And really the idea behind this series is that what we need more than anything else in our lives is the love of God. That is really what changes us and transforms us and empowers us for the life that God has called us to. And today we have a special treat. I've invited a friend to guest preach today, Ed Pjork. And if you don't know Ed, he was a vineyard pastor for many years. And really he's devoted the bulk of his career to this topic of the love of God. He's written on this topic. And so we're just so blessed to have him here with us. So please join me in welcoming up our friend, Ed Pjork. Ed, can we pray for you, brother? Of course. Awesome. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your great love. And Lord, we pray that as we look at your word today, that your love would impact us in a fresh way, that you would give us deeper insight and understanding of your great love for us. Father, we thank you for Ed. We pray your blessing upon him, that you would speak through him now, anoint him afresh, give him your words, God. And open our hearts, Lord, to receive all you would say. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Michael. Well, I don't see a clock on the wall. That means I have unlimited time. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll take my watch off so I can look at it. And... You know, that means absolutely nothing. (laughs) Well, uh, good morning, and it's uh, nice to be back here with you. It's been too long. Uh, I enjoyed my last time. I think we were downstairs, and uh, but I just love the church. I love the the feel of it, and I I love the liturgy in it. Uh, Last time I was here, I spoke on the Father's love. Uh, and as Michael mentioned, it's a subject that I wrote a book about, The Father Loves You. And I'm about to write a new book that's based upon an image I'd like to project right now. That image right there. I'm going to write a book on the great-grandfather that loves you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me, the great-grandfather, and my little great-grandson, Leonardo, taken about a week ago. You just have to show those pictures whenever you have an opportunity. Well, thank you. You can, you can take that off the screen. That's, although it's adorable. My, my <laughs> wife likes it. So this morning, I'd like to talk about a facet of the Father's love. Uh, so the title this morning is The Love That Finds You. Uh, The Father's love is a love that's always looking for you to find you. And I like this quote from Henry Nouwen that gives us a, a, a way of seeing where we really get found by this love. Henry Nouwen says, We think we will find love by being strong, yet love usually finds us in weakness. I know that Uh, Growing up in life, I felt I had to be strong to get my 
earthly father's love and never could quite achieve it. Even when I became a Christian, there was some work orientation in the church. If I could just do more for God, I could get more love. And uh, in times when I felt that I failed, then I didn't expect much love at all, especially if I was weak. But like Henry Nouwen says, this understanding that love finds us in weakness really sets us free. So the text that I'm using is the one that Michael read, because I think, I think that in this text we see a picture of Jesus being found in his weakness by love. So I'd like to read the text once more. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was descending up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now there's a movement in this text uh, that we see in the life of Jesus that we can really use as a template in our life. In this movement, it has five component parts, and I'll be looking at them individually. But it's the movement from what I would call standing in weakness to the seeking of God the Father, to the sending of the Spirit, to the securing of his heart and love, and then him being sent out to love. And so the first point, the starting point, in this movement of love that finds you, is the whole thing of standing in weakness, being in a place of weakness where you need love to find you. Jesus was standing in weakness at his baptism, in his humanity. The incarnation of Jesus is a descending movement. He leaves his heavenly glory, yet leaving none of his deity, to become a man, entering into the weakness of the human condition. Like us in all ways, yet without sin. At his baptism, he's acutely aware of his need. In his humanity, for the Messiah's promised anointing of power and the securing affirmation of his heavenly Father. So he prays. Uh, in Mark's account, it doesn't mention him praying, but it does in Luke. And we just got done reading another text in uh, 2 Corinthians. We are told in 2 Corinthians that God's power is perfected in our weakness, as often is his love. We face the perpetual weaknesses of our personal sin, sins against us, and the sufferings of life. And when even we gain strength to serve others, we experiencing the tiring fatigue that comes with it. And we never escape the continual need for a love that comes from beyond us. So there's these moments of weakness that we all come to that we, we stand in, and this is a place where love is looking for us. So we have to identify these uh, places that it's pregnant within us. And we all experience them coming to a point like this of need. I like the way Richard Rohr puts it. There must be, and if we are honest, there always will be at least one situation in our lives that we cannot fix, control, explain, change, or even understand. We all will have these moments. So we, too, must pray. 
Now, I have, I've had many of these moments of standing in weakness in my life, as perhaps you have. But I have one that I'd like to share with you, and I just simply call it the Rose Garden story. In December of 1998, I was looking at my calendar for the next year, which was filled with conferences all over the world. I felt strong and ready to go. But early in 1999, I began to have health problems that led to the frightening diagnosis. You have a rare form of leukemia that will require immediate chemotherapy. One by one, I had to cancel all my planned engagements. In the process of treatment, I lost weight and became extremely weak, barely able to walk 50 yards. In the afternoons, I would just sit on the couch and look out on my beloved rose garden. Too exhausted to read, I tried to pray. I had just enough energy to say one word, Jesus. I would close my eyes, take a deep breath, and pray, Jesus, over and over again. Soon I began to feel the manifest presence of Jesus touching me with his mercy. My heart became peaceful and calm. I continued with what I now know was this, I continued with what I now know was the simplest form of the Jesus prayer. Jesus. Then the gentle presence grew stronger and I felt what I knew to be the power of the Spirit coming upon me. My body trembled as his healing force pulsed through me. As I continued my simple prayer, Jesus, the presence turned into what I could only call liquid love. As my Abba Father came to comfort me, care for me, and carry me through my distress. I continued this practice for many afternoons. And after many weeks of treatment and much prayer by the church, I was declared cancer-free. Where my ministry prior to this time of suffering was built on ministering out of strength, it now shifted to one of ministering from a position of weakness. Standing in weakness is the starting point. Then the movement continues, as it did, did it, we'll see in Jesus' life as it did in mine. The second part of the movement in the, in the reading in Mark is the seeking of God the Father. You might ask, well, where do you see that? Well, at the moment of prayer, the curtains are torn open as if by the curtain of, excuse me, at the moment of prayer, the heavens are torn open as if by unseen hands. The word for being torn is the same word used for the curtain of the temple being torn in two from top to bottom. In other words, it was a, a, sort of a violent action of the heavens being open. And in it, I see the eagerness of God coming, the eagerness of the Father to answer the prayers of his beloved Son. The Father is very eager to find us with his love when we cry out in our place of need. In fact, his first love for us began in its movement towards us when he created us in love, chose us in love, and sent his son to the cross to save us. And he is in sovereign control over the circumstances of our lives 
so that they will turn out for our deepening experience of his goodness. We see God the Father seeking the Son to answer his prayer in need. A Father who is looking, a Father who is coming, a Father who is searching. And and the Father is seeking to find each one of us in the same way. And as I mentioned, he this began back before the creation of time. He began to come to seek you. And in my situation, when I was there looking at my rose garden, he found me. Now, he seeks, but then next next thing, in order as the answers to the prayers uh, become a reality, is the sending of the Spirit. Jesus is standing in weakness. The seeking of the Father opens the heavens, and then the sending of the Spirit. We see the descent of the, the dove coming to a light on Jesus. When the Spirit descends on Jesus in his humanity, he is, he is anointed with the power that was promised for the Messiah, equipping him for his kingdom ministry. In Isaiah uh, chapter 61, it talks about the, uh, it's, it's a prophetic verse of the Messiah coming. And he, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To, he has anointed me to preach the good news. Now, Jesus is the Messiah, and when he came in his humanity, he knew that he needed that anointing, the anointing of power, like we're told about his baptism. So the Spirit comes in a powerful way upon Jesus and anointing him for his kingdom ministry. And I just have to throw in this little theological quote because I like it so much. It's from James Dunn. And he, he makes this statement. He, Jesus, experienced an insurge of spiritual power and became aware that he was being anointed with the eschatological spirit of God. Now, I know that that's a, that's a, that's a lot of theolo- theology in those words, but I just love it. He, because Jesus experienced an insurge. He felt the power of the spirit come upon him. And he was aware that he was being anointed with the, the Spirit of God to bring the eschaton, to bring the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. So it's a, it's a powerful thing that happens here when the Spirit comes upon him. But there's more than just power in the coming of the Spirit. But the Spirit in the form of a dove also brings the realization of the bond of love with his heavenly Father. As St. Augustine puts it, The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father, and the bond of love is the Spirit. Jesus is now connected to that heavenly reality in his humanity. It's such a beautiful thing in the Trinitarian presence. The three persons have this relationship. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father, but the one who conducts this, the bond of love is the Holy Spirit, and this this was taking place before the foundation of time in the heavenly place. But here is Jesus now on earth in his humanity, and we see the relationship connected again. He, in his humanity, he is brought into that bond of love with his Father. We too can experience both power and love when the Spirit comes upon us in our weakness. 
we may be delivered from our distress, but if not, we certainly receive help and ho the hope that carries us through it. So the Spirit will descend upon us with power and love. And that, that power can be a healing power, like it was for me with my cancer. But it, and it can be a helping power just to help us get through. But it also is that love that flows into our heart, which leads us to the next point. See, the sending of the Spirit and the love that's within it then leads to the securing of the Father's love. The securing of the Father's love. The Spirit must come, must be, be there in, in a powerful, experiential way to make the love of the Father a reality in our experience, in our weakness. So we move to the next point, the securing of the Father's love. And we, we see that in the text. When the Father says to Jesus, you are my son, and I love you, and I am well pleased with you. Uh, as I mentioned before here, God could have set, picked out a lot of things to say to affirm his son and to tell everybody who he is, but he just chose these words to secure his heart. And I like the way Henry Nouwen puts it, this baptism of Jesus. He says, one of the most central events of Jesus' life occurs at his baptism. This event reveals the true identity of Jesus. Jesus is the beloved of God. This spiritual truth will guide all his thoughts, words, and actions. It is the rock on which his compassionate ministry will be built. The central event, Jesus experiencing the love of his Father. As Jesus hears what Eugene Peterson calls those beautiful words, you are my son and I love you, and he feels his Abba Father's embrace, his heart is secured in love. The Father shows his compassion for his son, who is saying yes to his challenging calling. It's such a compassionate thing what the father does for his son and his weakness because the son and the father knows where the whole thing leads. Our experience of our Abba Father's love in those challenging moments of life calm our anxious hearts, comfort us with his compassion, and further prepare us for our calling. What I experienced in the Rose Garden. When the Father flooded me with his love, compassion finding me in my weakness changed my heart. It, it birthed a new kind of compassion in me, and that compassion launched a whole new kind of ministry in me. And we see this is what happens with Jesus. Not in this particular text, but we know what happens after this text. Jesus begins his ministry. And I would call this the sending out to love. The sending out to love. See, any movement of God's love and power in our life uh, is meant to secure us, but it, then it's meant to send us out. The baptism of Jesus is an inaugural event as he is commissioned with empowered compassion to bring the kingdom of God to the weak. See, this is the inauguration of the king to send him out. Wherever he goes, he sees the weak and is moved with compassion to heal in the power of the Spirit. 
When we experience the Father's love and power in our weakness, we too find ourselves commissioned to offer that same empowered compassion to others. In other words, the love that finds you becomes the love that sends you. The love that finds you becomes the love that sends you. And that which you receive freely, you freely give. And there's something about receiving the compassionate love of God in our weakness that automatically changes us and connects us to other people and flows to us and through us. And I have a story that is relatively recent where I see the movement of the compassion that I received when I went through cancer given to someone else. I call it the Scotty story. Years ago, when I was a carpenter, I worked with a man called Scotty. I, when I went into the ministry, we didn't see each other for many years. We got reconnected when we remodeled our home and had a leading of the Lord to ask him to be the general contractor. He said yes, and we saw him daily for months. Then about 10 years later, I heard that he had been diagnosed with stage 4 esophageal cancer. I began to visit him and pray for him. Scotty was sort of a closet Presbyterian <laughs> who really didn't go to church anymore but he loved to have me pray for him. I would lay hands on him and offer one basic prayer. Lord Jesus, have mercy on Scotty. For over a year, we experienced the highs of miraculous periods of remission of symptoms, only to plummet down when the relentless disease returned in force. During the last days, something wonderful happened. When I went to lay hands on Scotty, he stood up for the first time, threw his arms around me, and he began to pray. Heavenly Father, I know that you love me. Thank you for sending Eddie to me. Amen. The Spirit would fall on us, and we would weep in each other's arms. When Scotty passed away, he was without fear in his father's arms. This beautiful movement of love finding you begins with standing in weakness, knowing that the father is seeking you, then being open to the sending of the spirit, and then experiencing that securing of your heart and love, and then realizing that you'll be sent out to love. The love that finds you. The love that sends you. Let's all stand, please. We're going to have a few moments of ministry in response to this message. During the worship, I could feel the presence of the Lord. I could even feel the power of the Spirit of God. And of course, the loving presence. So the heavens are open. 
for us to receive. And I can only imagine that each person here has a weakness of their own. Like I said, we all have a weakness. Perhaps we find ourselves in a a sinful place today where we're just so much need to experience forgiveness. Or we've been wounded through someone else's sin and, and we carry the pain and we need to be healed to help us to forgive. Or you have some kind of physical, mental struggle that you need healing. Or you're just weary and fatigued in the things that you do. Or there's something in your heart says, I've never experienced love like that. I, I've never shed a tear in the presence of my Heavenly Father loving me. Take a moment and think about it. What is my weakness today? Because the beautiful thing is that all you have to do is move by faith to stand with Jesus and then let this whole thing unfold upon you. I tell you that There's forgiveness in this room. I tell you there's healing in this room. I tell you there's freedom in this room. I tell you there's commissioning in this room. Presence of the Lord just come and minister to us now as we pray. There's going to be three stages of ministry and prayer. And I will read a portion of the the prayer and then lead you in a response. And realize this is more than an exercise. This is an experience. God is here and you are here for this moment. Lord Jesus, we come to stand alongside you in our weaknesses in whatever form they take today. Together we call out, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Let's pray that together. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Sovereign Lord, we ask that the heavens be opened and your Holy Spirit would come with the power to heal and help us in our place of weakness. Together we call out, Holy Spirit, come upon me with your power. Together. Holy Spirit, come upon me with your power. Abba, Father, in your providence, you have brought us here this morning to be reassured of your love for us. We ask that that love would be poured out in our hearts to comfort us, carry us, and commission us afresh. Together we call out, Abba, Father, find me now with your love. Together. Abba, Father, Find me now with your love.
Now I'd like to pray for you. Father, I ask for heaven's response to these prayers. Lord Jesus, touch each one in their weakness, whatever it is, with your manifest mercy and bring peace to them. And Holy Spirit, come now with that inbreaking presence and power into those places of pain in our life and bring healing. Those places of pain in our heart, our minds, our bodies. Holy Spirit, come and bring healing, bring help, bring hope. And Abba Father, I pray now that you would run to each one of your sons and daughters. That you would come quickly now. And you would envelop them in your loving presence. Envelop their hearts, even beyond their minds. Envelop their hearts with that loving presence. And let them hearts, their hearts and souls receive your loving embrace. Open their ears and whisper a loving word. And let them know that they are loved by you. Find us this morning in our weakness with your love. And let your love rest upon us from this day forward. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.